Sorry, bad computer. You know, I could put this leader in. No, let's not. Okay. Let's let's make it sound not like we don't know what we're doing. Okay. Take three. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ignition. Lift off. Look at them, madam. Have you ever in your entire life seen anything so beautiful? I'm sorry, I don't know anything about stamps. Live from the only podcast with the courage to broadcast from the actual site where they filmed the moon landing, this is the award-winning stamp show here today, episode number 207. Brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Library. This is Tom. This is Scott. This is Cash. And I'm your host, Dawn. Today we are discussing modern errors and continuing our discussion on the new issues for 2019 from the USPS. So our main topic today is going to be modern errors. Ooh. It was said that Neil Armstrong would tell a bad joke about the moon and when no one would laugh, he would say, I guess you had to be there. <laughs> Is that at the moon, or is that like a Burbank studio? <laughs> I don't know. Depends on whether you believe it was staged or not. It was staged. The question is where it was staged. They went in <laughs> authenticity, so they filmed it on the moon. That's what I. That's my theory. <laughs> in celebration of first man winning four Academy Awards, we're going to discuss the 1969 moon landing issue, which is Scott number C-76. On July 20th, 1969, the Apollo 11 Lunar Module Eagle landed on the moon with Commander Neil Armstrong and Lunar Module Pilot Buzz Aldrin. Armstrong would become the first person to step onto the lunar surface, followed later by Aldrin. They collected the first samples from another planetary body and deployed some scientific equipment while they were there for, I think, is about... Well, they were on the surface. They were, they were, the lander was down for like 21 hours, but I think they were only outside walking for about two of that. Yeah. Uh, Michael Collins was the pilot of the command module Columbia and didn't get to go to the moon itself. Kind of like driving to Disneyland and then sitting in the parking lot. No, mm. it's kind of like driving to the airport and having to do circles while you're waiting to pick someone up. <laughs> <laughs> True that. <laughs> So the interesting thing about the moon landing stamp is it has a very interesting variety, which leads us to today's topic of modern errors. So, Scott, what is the major error on this stamp? The major error would be a color omitted or color missing stamp. And according to the catalog, the stamp was printed in a number of different colors, listed as being yellow, black, light blue, ultramarine, rose red, and carmine. Now, rose red and carmine are both shades of red, and ultramarine and light blue are both shades of blue. So the color omitted is the rose red, which was lithographed. Now, it also comes with 
tagging omitted, which technically is another color. And because that's it was printed, it's an ink that is printed on to the stamp to facilitate the uh, facing and canceling equipment. So the rose red omitted is uh, because there's so little of it on the stamp, it's it was likely hard to spot during production, and so some of them got out. Normally when a color runs out, the guys who are monitoring the press, first of all, there's alarm because there's a low level on the ink, and then they watch for it and they mark those uh, items for destruction, removal and destruction before issue. Well, obviously, because there's so little of it on the stamps, it was missed. Now, the areas that have the rose red are the one that's real obvious is the U.S. flag patch on the astronaut's shoulder. And that's what most people key into when they look for the rose red omitted. What they don't realize is the yellow areas of the stamp, the, the visor of the astronaut's suit, and the gold on the lunar lander are also lightly sprinkled with the rose red dots. And you can see them when you put a magnification glass uh, magnifier on them. And those are usually, a lot of times, can be present when the shoulder patch is not there. And so we uh, fairly, reg probably more than half of the C-76 stamps that we have submitted with color omitted end up actually having some present on the stamp. And to be color omitted, to be Color omitted, the, the whole stamp has to be color omitted, not just the major design element in that color. So yeah, it, it, you it, really it, have to check all of the yellow, not just see a missing patch. Yeah. Because right. we just had one a week or two ago, I Something think, came like through, and it was, it was exactly that. The patch, completely gone, not a sign of red, but the lunar lander, although it was relatively light, was covered in red. Yes. I mean, it was very obvious that the red was not completely omitted in that case. Right. In this case, consider you're either pregnant or you're not pregnant. Or it's the... It's either there or it's not there. It's either the missing color variety or the missing patch variety. <laughs> and there is no listing for the missing patch variety. Well, one's a freak and one's a true error. Yeah. So um, it's something to watch for when you're trying to spot those errors but and keep it in mind. But... Um, yeah, that's kind of an interesting thing. The the two varieties one's one's an actual color you can see, and one's a color you can't see <laughs> with the naked eye. Well, there are uh, that's one of the things that a lot of people are putting in for expertizing that I've seen lately is uh, tagging omitted. We're we're getting a lot of people who are starting to investigate the tagging on the stamps. Which is, I'm, I'm happy to see that. It means people are looking at their modern stamps. Yeah, and it realistically is a sort of a color omitted because it is one of the inks that was printed on the printing press. Well, especially during this era. Nowadays, uh, the tagging can actually be embedded in the paper manufacturing process or in the coating on the paper. And so it's not actually, it doesn't necessarily have to be an ink that the post office applies anymore. And they, they do, these, these different types of tagging look different under ultraviolet light. 
but they still perform the same function. Yeah. What are some other? I know the uh, Sikorsky helicopter stamp has the black omitted on it, and that's a major thing because it the black was the helicopter. I mean, it's Sikorsky. You don't see the helicopter, and you don't see the value. Um, but what other right. major ones are there like that where there's such a color missing that you have to wonder why they didn't pull it off, how they didn't see this coming off the printing press and say, eh, that doesn't look right. Um, well, I've actually seen some where uh, they have all color omitted. Occasionally you see it on coil stamps. And because it's all done mechanically, they are end up being wrapped up inside so that the outer part of the coil, you can't tell. but um, So it's just a blank piece of perforated paper. Yeah, pretty much. But And, and the only way to really collect that would be <clears throat> either in a transition strip mm-hmm. or uh, with a certificate showing that uh, the uh, certifying company has inspected the the full item and then broken it into individual or... Mm-hmm separate items and that would be true of a, a, a sheet a block a coil strip anything any multiple like that so I've I saw a um, a transportation coil which is an engraved coil so it's only one color and it was a strip of I don't know maybe 43 or some stamps something like that and 38 of them had completely color omitted well because it, I I was able to verify it in an entire strip, and then under the control conditions at PSE, I was able to break it up into pairs for the customer and issue certificates for each pair saying that, yes, it came from this coil, and it was definitely this issue, and it is all color omitted. And the catalog actually states you cannot buy that stamp, that error, without a PSE certificate of authenticity as coming from that particular discovery. Interesting. Interesting. Unless you happen to find another transition strip that can be then certified and broken up. Correct. You would have to find another transition strip and then get that certified. Now, we've had some come through. One came through um, last week that was black engraved omitted on a lithographed, overall lithograph stamp. Right, and the thing that you could see was you could tell the engraving was misprinted because it was the the value was up into the design when it shouldn't be, but you could actually see the impression. So you could tell that the engraving plate hit it because it impressed it into the stamp, but there was no ink on the plate when it happened. Right, it it shows an embossing, and I've seen color omitted stamps that that do show that. You can tell what stamp they are just by uh, find, uh, being able with an angle lighting, being able to see the embossing of the engraved plate. Well, that's the um, the bicentennial George Washington sheet. I think it's the twenty three cent stamp. It's it's the big one with five stamps on it, and the uh, the value is omitted on some of them. And they got an A, a B, a C, a D, and E. Oh, those yeah, are crazy. Th- those are yeah. those aren't engraved though. Oh, yeah. those are, and uh, sometimes they're there. They're just misprinted, right. so they're on some well, of them, but well, others areas they missed the stamp. Well, the interesting thing about that is there's different ways that you can get a color omitted. You can get a color omitted because uh, it was cut wrong, 
it was perforated wrong, the color is actually not there, or the color was shifted and you have uh, an edge row stamp where the color that was supposed to be there is on the next stamp. So, the you know, like maybe one row or one column of the sheet has the color not on the stamp because it's, on the, because it's just shifted over far enough to be on yeah. the next stamp. I have a uh, stamp. I, col- I collect Philippine stamps. And I have one like that. On the bottom of the stamp in gold ink, it said Philippines. The printing was shifted. So instead of being on the bottom, it was on the top of the stamp. So the top row didn't have Philippines on it. And the row underneath it had Philippines on the top instead of the bottom, which means it was a stamp, you know, on top. So you had the top row, which had gold omitted. But actually what it was is the gold was actually on the stamp next to it. Right. And sometimes you see that with tagging stamps as well. You you take a block and, you know, one row will have tagging omitted because the tagging ink was shifted down Mm. or to the left or right or up or whatever. And didn't get printed on that particular row of stamps because that's where the printing press thought that the gutter was going to be. Yeah. The really hard one, I think, has to be the, um, oh, I don't know what issue it is. It's the Boston Tea Party. It's the Satanic Block of Four Yeah. yeah. that has black litho omitted or black engraved omitted. Well, there, <laughs> yeah, it's not, Actually, if you have the two errors next to each other, it's really easy to tell. But when you don't have them next to each other, not so much. Right. It's very hard on those two stamps to figure out which color is <laughs> engraved and which color is litho. Right. That's one, the really hard part. But once part. you figure it out, it's not. It's, uh, you can tell black is missing, but until you look at a picture of what black engraved omitted looks, at, looks like versus black litho omitted looks like, um, one is really obvious, large portions of the design are missing, and the other one is fairly subtle. And so, but once you know what the difference is, it's easy to figure out. I think sort of like everything, once you know what you're talking about, it's easier than when well, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the nice thing about being here at PSE is we see a lot of this stuff. So, yeah, yeah I ended up getting my own regular block of four just so I had it for <laughs> next well, time one of those comes in and I can go, okay, which one's missing? Because I could look at the original one and go, okay, these are the raised areas because that's you know it's a way to tell the engraved ink versus the litho is the right. engraved is raised off the paper right and another the litho another is tip flat. is if you're if you're submitting something because you think you have an error it is always always good to submit a normal example so that uh the expert committee can communicate with you um based on your example and show you where things are or are not as you suspect that they might be. Well, actually, I'm going to go a step further. What you should really do is send us a picture of it to start with because there are a lot of things that um, we see a lot of color omitted, and then the other colors on the stamps are all really weird and funky. Well, that is something that... that, um that's just something that a collector should know. If the other color, if all of the colors look weird, then it's possible that the entire stamp about, had been... How about probable? Had been altered. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, yeah. Could, it could Chemically be... Chemically altered to remove the color. It could be just, yeah. just as... Well, it may look odd just because uh, a background color was omitted, 
and so it affects the entire stamp. That is possible. Oh, you, you, I'm, but I'm, the other colors looking faded or uh, odd. I'm going to go off. Or, is, the, is or the, the, pa- the paper looks like a weird color. I'm going yes. to go off script here because. What script? Yeah. <laughs> well, we have a script. I'm looking at it right here. Um, Book of Secrets. We just got the Book of Secrets back from the printers, and we actually have what two or three pages. Which, which book? On is, this. I'm sorry. Which Book of Secrets? Uh, I'm sorry. The volume number three. There's a new volume number three. Book of Secrets. It has to do with colors, and uh, it's fifteen bucks. Uh, if uh, do we have this on the website or anything yet? Not yet. Okay. So. Uh, you just have to like go outside and throw fifteen bucks and hope it gets to us. Yes, <laughs> get fifteen bucks to us somehow, and we'll send you one. Anyway, it, go we, to our, go to our website, and you can get our mailing address and mail us a check for fifteen bucks and say "Book of Secrets three and we'll send one to you. Yeah, and uh, so that's how that we did a good job on it, I think. Or call the or call us or call us or we, I mean, it'll be on the website soon. Yeah. So uh, we go into that, though, and I, there is a couple pages where we talk about bleached stamps and color-altered stamps. Where ah, that's where you were leading with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's a shameless plug, but it actually does tie into this a little bit. That's fine. Yeah, that's we, fine. we have a little thing in there where uh, we show some foreign stamps, actually, where the reds and the yellows, those are the ones that usually people can chemically get rid of is red and yellow. Well, not only that, when you alter uh, blue, yeah, it can turn green. Yep. Or green, it can, green turns blue because or, green is made up of yellow and blue. Or the three-cent uh, Washington head where uh, it's a purple stamp and uh, it becomes a blue stamp and it goes, oh, I got a great color variety. It's like, no, you have a bleached out stamp. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, along with that, uh, those types of errors, uh, color, uh, perforating, perforation shifts, color omitteds, things, tagging omitteds, things like that. Which Uh, a perforation shift just crossed my desk the other day, uh, the dragon stamp. Yes. Yes. So that's a perforation shift. Right. And that was discovered Last summer at the APS Summer Show in Columbus. Yep. And for people who aren't aware, why don't you tell them what it is? Uh, the dragon sheet that was issued last summer, uh, the die cutting was shifted. Uh, and and they're still trying to figure out whether it was shifted or inverted. Um, but it left the bottom row of the pane imperforate. And that would be another error I was going to... Just going to try and talk about oh. well, die cutting, die cutting, or perforations omitted. That is interesting, yeah. Because if it was inverted, because the top selvage wasn't perforated, so it well, it was be... perforated vertically, but there wouldn't be no perforation right. along the top of it. Yeah. So if it was inverted, then the bottom row would not have uh, die cuts along it. So what you need to find is a press sheet of it, and they didn't issue press sheets. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, you were going to talk about perforations omitted. That's another potentially tricky one because people say, "Oh, there's there's no perforations or no holes, no die cuts or anything like that." But if you get them in the right light, sometimes mm-hmm. they are there. Yeah, the, a lot of times that's a, just that's a little, tricky definition. A lot of times they're uh, little surface cuts from the die cut mat. Or sometimes from the perforating pins, they leave little 
arcs that are visible on the surface of the paper, it can be very subtle, but if they're present, then it's not considered uh, uh, with the perforations omitted. Perforations omitted means it never went through the perforating process, right? At or, least in that or, row or, or whatever. Or that it was not engaged, yeah. yes. Right, because you can see ones where, you know, you get, you can see like, hey, this is perforations omitted, and you look down the, the whole center of the thing, like a whole sheet, and you go, nope, they're there. Yeah. They they're did. just, they're just, they didn't cut through, but they did get, the stamp did get hit by whatever perforating device was being used. Yeah. And a lot of times that would occur when they were engaging the perforating stage of the printing web and, uh, or disengaging it as the, as the web passed through and they just got missed for destruction. That's normally what happens. Um, but if you're collecting imperfect errors, uh, or color omitted errors for that matter. Uh, just be w aware that some of this material does get into the marketplace um, illicitly through uh, either through the garbage and somebody picks it out or somebody stuffs it under their shirt and walks out of the printing plant, uh, d different things like that. Uh, it's, it's all on the truck on its way to a shredder and some of it falls off the truck uh, to be found on the side of the road. Uh, and people didn't see it, but uh, he just did finger quotes while he said that. Yes. And uh, so and w that's called printer's waste. Uh, items marked for destruction and pulled by the printer are printer's waste, and, they're, and uh, if they somehow make it out of the printing plant, then they are not considered true errors, even though it, it, if they were sold across the counter at a post office then they would be legitimized as a true error so uh, just be aware and sometimes it's hard to tell but as far as that goes things like wrinkles in a, a large block would be a tip off that hey maybe somebody stuffed it under their shirt yeah. uh, you know things like that they're just you can't say for sure on some of this stuff, but on other things you can. And if so some, just, if somebody's submitting five hundred sheets of it. Just be wary <laughs> just be wary. Chances are not good that they bought five hundred sheets over the counter. Right. Just be wary on the source uh when you buy it. Uh older errors tend to be um more in the realm of it's already been um identified whether it's printer's waste or not. The catalog does have uh, footnotes on some issues that says that certain items are printer's waste. Well, we've got, we were just discussing when we were talking about the love stamps, you got counterfeits too. Well, there is counterfeits, yes. A lot of um, the, a lot of the counterfeit stamps we've had originally submitted as tagging omitted. Oh yeah. Yes. Because they don't have tagging because people don't know to check that when they're buying. They don't know stamps are tagged. Yeah. It's invisible. And then they come to us and we go, wow, that's interesting. And then, and then we, you study it and realize, hey, what's going on here? Yep. I like the ones where you study it and go, hey, this can't be real. The printing quality is way better than the post office <laughs> issues. <laughs> yeah. We've had a few of those. Well, the other, the other thing is um, occasionally things will be uh, thought to be errors and then new information comes out and they're reclassified as printer's waste. Yeah. And one issue that comes to mind are the Colombian souvenir sheets that were issued in 1992 the uh, as imperforate. 
and uh, those were actually thought originally to be genuine errors, and uh, and then some investigation was done on the source of them, and it was determined that they were actually printer's waste. Ooh. So, uh, you know, it's if you find a new error, or you're buying a new error, I should say, uh, be aware that uh, values can fluctuate wildly with uh, between the demand and the supply. If uh, if you find a sheet without die cuts and you think, wow, I got, you know, a $1,000 item, but three days later they find 500 more sheets, <laughs> yeah. uh, your $1,000 error just became a $40 error. Well, yeah, that's the uh, thing with both the dragon stamps and the, mag- or the dragon sheet and the magic souvenir sheet is the people who bought them early, you know, they're sort of gamblers. Well, not more than sort of. They're gamblers. It's, you know, there are there actually 20 of these, or are there 2,000? Well, I do know that with the Art of Magic souvenir sheet, um, regardless of how many got out, they found complete post office bricks of hundred of 100 that were completely imperfect. And now the post office identified those before they sold them because it was because they were told to look for them. Mm-hmm. So those were not issued. So the ones that got out got out, but there were a lot more that potentially could have gotten out. And if they didn't check their entire stock throughout the country, more may have gotten out elsewhere. Yeah. So uh, it, that is a good possibility. Well, we're still behind schedule on what's actually being released, but I tried to get us to a point where we're at least going to get caught up. So the first thing we have to opinionate on, or opine, I don't know, what would be the proper word there? Opine? I think in this usage, opine is fine. The Heart Blossoms Forever stamp was released on January 10th in San Juan, Puerto Rico. And it was released in a paint of 20 stamps. Heart Blossoms is the latest stamp in the Love series. The stamp art features the word love in cursive script below 12 colorful hearts meant to visually express love's joyful, bountiful nature. My guess is there's one heart for every month. And it's cursive, so the uh, millennials can't read it. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. The color palette, red, purple, orange, and pink, is intended to create a happy and positive feeling. Art director Antonio Alcala designed the stamp. I wonder if this will be like the past few love stamps where they seem to be the target of counterfeiters. Oh, yeah. That's an interesting thing because mm. it, it isn't highly technically done here. Right. Yeah. It, it's rather easy to duplicate. So we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. So questions, comments, snide remarks? Yeah. It's no. It's normal for the love stamps. I mean, love stamps always sort of have this simplistic design to them. I, I'm not going to fight it for, uh, you know, being like all the other ones. Nah. It's fine. Yeah, on a scale of 1 to 10, it's, you know, a, a solid 5. It's cute, but it's, me- but it's meant it, to be cute. I was going to give it credit and say it was a 5 and a half, 6, so. Oh. <laughs> solid 10 for using cursive, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Font choice. Mm-hmm. Stamp number two, the Year of the Boar Forever stamp. Yeah, that's me. How boring. You're a, you're a, a boar? <laughs> I'm a pig. Uh, I'm a rat. I'm a snake. I'm Every, a dragon. 
Everything here makes <laughs> Go sense. Figure. Anybody surprised? Everything <laughs> here makes sense. <laughs> Released on January 17th in Houston, Texas, in a self-adhesive paint of 12, the year of the bore is the 12th and final final stamp. Boo! Well, in, for this round. In celebrating the Lunar New Year series. Yeah, what that means is next year they'll have... They're going to start over. They're going to start over with a completely new look. New design. Yeah, oh, a new okay. design frame. That's more acceptable. The Year of the Boar begins on February 5th, 2019, and ends on January 24th, 2020. So what year is it between February... Between January 25th and February 4th? It's a lunar calendar, so the next lunar year starts on January 25th. Oh, I thought we just had, like, no year. Time stopped for a few <laughs> days. Yeah, well, that is interesting. <laughs> I, I, I understand it because, yeah, it's Lunar New Year, but I like to just point those weird things out. The stamp art depicts several bright pink peach blossoms on a branch. Peach blossoms, which often bloom just in time for Lunar New Year, mark the beginning of spring in Chinese culture. Artist Kam Mak created this original painting. Art director and stamp designer Ethel Kessler incorporated elements from the previous series of Lunar New Year stamps. Clarence Lee's paper, I'm sorry, Clarence Lee's cut paper design of a boar and the Chinese character for boar drawn in grass-style calligraphy by Lao Bun to create continue, continuity between the series. This is pretty. That and I think the gold edging at the top and the bottom is also, and where it says Lunar New Year, on the right-hand side, I think all the, all that stuff in gold is a consistent feature throughout the entire series. Well, the prior set of Lunar New Year stamps, when they did the 39 center. It was much more colorful. Well, what, this one? No, the one prior. Yeah, it's much more uh, colorful, but it had the year, the animal as the major design element. Whereas these have, this one has, you know, flowers as the major design element and there's really just, you know, a bore on the side. Well, another interesting thing about this is when you look at the entire pane, in the selvage around the outside of the pane are all 12 of the different yes. animals. And the one for this particular year, which would be the boar, is actually in a different color than the other 11. Yeah, it's white as so, opposed to all so the you, other ones. Yeah. Right, so you can tell just by looking at it, not just the individual stamps, but at the entire pane, what uh, what year it is as well? Yeah. So I have issues. I don't like this. I was saying we know we know it, that, but yeah, it's not that. I mean, it is pretty, but the thing is, it's it doesn't. It, it's it, year of the peach. When I first looked at it, I didn't realize it was a lunar New Year stamp. Year of the peach flower. It, oh, the word yeah, well, exactly. the word lunar, lunar New Year on the right side of the stamp didn't key you in. Well, no, but it, it's, who was it's barely it's barely readable against the green background. Yes, yes I agree with it that. It is. The exactly. boar stands out because the green is lighter on the left side of the stamp than it is on the right side. But yep. you can barely see Lunar New Year on the right side. Well, who was it yep. that commented on the last podcast that uh, the year of the boar stamp doesn't have a boar on it? That was probably me. Yeah. I mean, and it, it was like, yes, it does. And I'm like, oh, you're right. It does. Yeah. And there it is. Yeah. When you have to like really look at where the boar is, that's, you know, th I think that's a design error fail 
Yeah, it's I a design mis- fail. I was, miscalculation. Yeah, I wasn't going to call it a fail, but I definitely would say well, it's Well, it is error. definitely a fail. If it's difficult to tell uh, any of the inscriptions, either you know what the stamp's about, where it's from, anything like that, it, those design elements are actually kind of important. Yeah. And so for me, it's a fail. The yeah. paint, the I painting mean, it's of pretty, the... but it does. It's not. It doesn't define. You know what it's representing. It's like flowers. The it painting doesn't. The, the painting of the peach flowers is beautiful. It I is. Mean, it's absolutely gorgeous. But contextually, the way it's put together, it doesn't look like well, the re- lunar new, a lunar New Year stamp, real like a quick, Chinese New Year. Real quick, right? Open up. Exactly. Look at the stamp. The year of the dog. Everybody's got their computers. Look Look at the uh, 2018 year of the dog stamp. Right now? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Come on. Why? Just uh, to compare. Yeah, what about it? Look at the dog. Where is the dog? <laughs> it's in the top left corner, same place as the boar. Top okay. left, but that does not. That looks sort of like a flower or something that's coming off the green. It, it looks like it's a flower uh, from the bamboo or something. I don't get that, but it well, okay. in my opinion, that does not look like a dog. Dog that looks like a blob. Okay, when I tried to punch it on, the USPS said that the filer page is not found. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. They're trying to hide the stamp. Mm-hmm. No, if I invite everybody who's listening because I can't hold the stamp up to the Well, here. Hold on. I'm p- pointing the microphone toward the stamp. You know, it's radio. You can say you're doing it, not actually have to do it. <laughs> yeah, but that would be. Yeah, right. Is he actually doing it? He oh, actually turned the microphone towards his computer. Yes. <laughs> it It is. Oh, it is, my goodness. It is a it's a blob that has three appendages coming out of the bottom, and if you it's didn't know which, if you didn't know was yeah. the ear of the dog, you probably wouldn't figure that that's the ear of the dog. You'd think it was a flower. The ear of the from, bamboo. Yeah, it's the ear <laughs> of the bamboo. So, and again, it's pretty, but it does, it doesn't. Oh, it's a great looking stamp, but it you know you're missing the dog. So I wonder, right. I wonder if they're going to come out with a composite sheet where it's one of each. Oh, you know like they, they will. Like they did with the uh, yeah. the last series. You know they will. I think that would be uh, neat to see that. Yeah. Well, now we're on to uh, perennial favorites that we've had. On January 27th, the Joshua Tree $7.35 priority mail stamp was issued in Kansas City, Missouri. And it's a self-adhesive paint of four. The Joshua Tree celebrates the desolate beauty of the Joshua Tree, Yucca Brevifolia, and its distinct desert environment. You get a lot of distinct desert environment living in Vegas. Yeah, I, dr- <laughs> I drive by these every, ta- every time I go to California. This new priority mail stamp depicts a common scene throughout much of the Mojave and Sonoran deserts using the bold colors of the sun's reflection off of the trees, rocks, and other shrubbery, shrubby vegetation. Artist Dan Cosgrove illuminates the desert scene in warm golden hues. Art director Greg Breeding designed the stamp. Well, I think this is an awesome stamp. I like the whole series, it's, but it's I think it's very this, consistent with the series. But and I like this one. This one to me stands out 
at the top of the rest of the series. I don't know if it's my favorite. I do like it. I think it's very nice. Oh, I think they did a great job. Very pretty stuff. But they do a uh-huh. g- good job on all these high-value issues. They really go out of their way to you well, know, I, to I, get good I art. Thi- I think they, they picked a good uh, overall design theme yep. for the series. And I like the random pile of rocks. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I do. I'm, I'm serious about that. It's it's If they didn't have that there, you would just have, like, nothing forever on the right side of the stamp. So I like the way the rocks in the background. I think it really helps. Yeah. Well, it I, also kind of helps to get the feel of the type of landscape that these trees actually grow into, which yeah. is yes. basically it's high desert. It's not just flat. No. There are rocks like that. So oh, absolutely. Yeah. Solid A to the uh, USPS. Good job. Mm-hmm. Yay, Dan and Greg. Yay. <laughs> and moving on up in value, the Bethesda Fountain 2550 Express Mail stamp. Issued January 27th in Kansas City, Missouri, also in a self-adhesive paint of four. Now that'll that's set a, you back. That's an expensive paint. <laughs> that's an expensive yeah. paint to buy. Considering I buy all the pains, yes. <laughs> the Bethesda Fountain on the new Priority Mail Express stamp commemorates the Bethesda Fountain, one of Central Park's most iconic structures. It's funny, I, just, I was, didn't know it was there, and I thought Bethesda, and I thought Maryland immediately. Yeah, so did I. Same here. <laughs> yeah. That's... Dedicated in 1873, the fountain is a gathering place beloved by New Yorkers and out-of-town visitors alike. The stamp art features a stylized depiction of the fountain. Not the one in Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Not this time. Sorry. The illustration was first rendered as a pencil sketch and then scanned and finished digitally. Art director Greg Breeding designed the stamp with original art by Dan Cosgrove. Is that the same guys? Yes, yes. it is. Yeah. Yay, Dan and Dave again. Yeah, good er, job, dudes. Dan mm-hmm. and Greg, sorry. Sign a long-term contract with these guys. Dan and Dave, I think that's something in Game of Thrones. Dan and Dave. But I like that they use the fall colors yes. for the trees. I'd like to try to get one. I just don't get anything that ever what, has twenty five fifty. No, I want the stamp. <laughs> I want to get. I can, it ha- used. I can have my mom send you a box of leaves if that's what she wants. Party mail or uh, express mail? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Send her the twenty five fifty. I'll have her send you a box of leaves with an express mail stamp <laughs> from Tennessee, not New York, though. I, another good looking stamp. It's. I agree. Again, consistent with this series. Every year, I don't know how they decide to pick the scenes they pick, but they all have been good. Mm-hmm. Another solid A. Now we're going to do booklet panes. The Cactus Flower Forever stamp, issued February 15th in Mesa, Arizona at, at Arapex, in a self-adhesive booklet pane of 20. Well, hold on. Technically, it wasn't Arapex. Technically, it was the APS show. The APS show, yeah. It's, it even says at Ameristamp slash Arapex. Yeah, I know. It's kind of uh-huh. interesting because uh, it wasn't Arapex. It was... And this is right off the post, off, post office's website. Yeah, interesting. Cactus Flowers celebrates the beauty of cactus flowers. What? Surprise, surprise. That's weird. With a booklet pane of 20 stamps. Each stamp depicts a photograph of the flower of one of these 10 cacti, and you can look it up because I am not even going to try that. Ah. Because they're all scientific names. (laughs) No common names in the bunch. 
Within the booklet, each stamp design is featured twice. With new DNA studies, botanists sometimes reclassify plants. As of the printing, these stamps, the scientific names were accurate. Cacti also have common names with some plants having several different names in popular <coughs> use. Art director Ethel Kessler designed the stamps with existing photographs taken by John P. Schaefer. It's funny that I said that and then I read it afterwards because they must be cha- <laughs> they must have too many common names to list. But well, some are... of the, some of them do, and uh, the photographs are actually nice. But I just don't think for me they don't work as it's not something that I find that attractive. Yeah, it's good pictures, but it's yeah, the it's... subject that sort of I I. I don't know what you could do, though. I mean, if you want to show subject cactus put, flowers, subject, this is how you do it. The subject puts oh, you absolutely. on some needles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I'm unimpressed. It, 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 it does covers the subject well. It's just not a subject that appeals to me, I guess. Yeah, that's it. it it's well done. I don't done. think cactus appeals to a lot of people. Yeah, it's well done, but it's not attractive to me, in my opinion. I'll go the well, other direction. I actually find them very attractive. I... For a plant that for most of its year is just green and spiky and blobby or flat, to see the kinds of flowers that can actually come out of these things when they're in bloom, I think is pretty impressive. Um, Mm. I do like them, but I do like cactus too. And I like taking taking pictures of flowers myself, so... I agree with you, but you, this could have been represented better. This is like you took out your smartphone, took some pictures, and then sent them to Zazzle. It, yeah, it, I think it's, it's just unimpressive. No, I think yeah. they're better than that. But yeah, I think. No. I'm not sure. I think it's. I think it's the black background yeah, that's getting I, I everybody. I was just gonna say, I'm not sure. I like the black background. They're not. Yeah, in, they're exactly. not. They're not in context in nature or something. They're just against black backgrounds. Yeah, but so, I think it makes personally to me. I think it makes the colors of the flowers pop a little better. Oh, I'm not sure. sure if you had a sand or some other greenery colored background that the color of the flowers would pop as much. Yeah. No, but maybe a picture of the you know of the plant in its natural habitat would have been uh, something yes. to consider. Well, you like the other one, the but Joshua tree, because of like the the rocks and the clouds in the background well, and stuff. But this maybe is the other thing. Sometimes like these flowers are actually quite small. Mm. So to so to actually look at, to actually see the flowers and to fill to fill to, to fill the frame. Yeah, you do have to get yeah. them close up. No, I'm I'm going to go the dire- the opposite direction of just about everybody else here today. I really like them. I I think it's and a I solid under, seven. I, I do understand I the know. use of the black background in this case. I I, I think it's a solid seven. Uh, were you were you able to see the first day ceremony? I was not there. I did Friday not go morning. to the first day ceremony. I heard them announce it. Yeah. Um, and I saw the stamps at the show, but I did not uh, go to the first day ceremony. Yeah, me and Don left. We were supposed to leave on Thursday, but Thursday they had snow and rain on the road, so we put it off till Friday. Wimp. Yeah. Well, it was an eight hour drive versus a two and a half hour drive. <laughs> so. We uh, we hung out, but uh, when we got there, it was too late, and they didn't have programs available. Usually, if you show up late, they'll have programs to give away. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't have programs. I mean, actually, I was there at three o'clock. And actually, I think they're selling them now. I would have what? paid for one. Yeah, after if you don't attend the ceremony, then they will they'll sell them to you, and I don't know what they charge. Maybe a dollar, two dollars. Yeah. They generally don't give them away after the ceremony. Well, the thing too is when you get this the uh, ceremony uh, the program, 
it won't have the booklet paint. It'll only have one of the stamps. Well, yeah, that's the other drawback on a multi-stamp yeah. issue that it only has one stamp. Yeah. And so you end up running around trying to collect the other eight, the other nine. Or other not. Hold on. How many are? Ten. Oh, there's ten. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's only uh, eight of them here on the. Uh, yeah. Your, your image needs to be updated. Yeah. It needs to show all ten. No, they they need to do their the listeners need to do a little research here. Oh, is As that a, what it is? That's why we. This did is it the way. post office's website that cut this off, <laughs> not me. Ah, they left the two really really great looking ones for uh, people to. They have to buy the issue to get them. Ah, uh, I see. Well, we got one more today, the Alabama Statehood Forever Stamp, issued February twenty third in Huntsville, Alabama. Alabama statehood celebrates the bicentennial of Alabama statehood. Alabama became the 22nd state in the Union December 14th, 1819. The stamp art is a photograph taken at sunset in Chiaha, Chiaha, I'm guessing? That looks right Chiaha State Park. Alabama photographer Joe Miller took the picture from the park's pulpit rock trail with pulpit rock in the foreground. Most of the area in the valley below the overlook is part of the Talladega National Forest, which surrounds the state park. The art director is William J. Gicker. Greg Breeding designed the stamp with Miller's existing photograph. That is one awesome photograph. It is great it's looking. It's beautiful. Yeah, it is. Oh, great. my goodness. That's, that is a good one. That's, that's a winner. Vegas yes. speak, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yep. <laughs> you got it. That is beautiful. You know, it's interesting, The and it's probably because of, they listen to this podcast. You know, <laughs> they, are, they, they are putting out better-looking stamps now than they did two or three years ago, Yeah, by un- far. Unfortunately, you know, this most of these stamps have a two- to three-year lead time when they decide what the subject is to have it go through all this development and and doing the artwork and the, all this stuff. So you're giving proof so, that it was because of our podcast. Yeah, three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> when we gave them such a hard time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, especially the ones that are based on photographs, I, I think they're choosing more wisely in their photograph, well, photography. This is, this is a cool-looking yeah, stamp. This I, is just I, I say straight up hats off to Joe Miller, the photographer who took that, because that is just framed amazingly with the branches and the trees and Yeah. Everything. Well, you know, that may be cropped, too, from his original photograph. Understood, but that's oh, yeah. part of what that is nowadays. Well, that's the art director's job is to, to crop it, and they did awesome. So that is absolutely an image that I would choose for a background on my computer. Just, this is my favorite of all of them. I think this is the most gorgeous stamp. Oh, absolutely. And with that, I got to bail out, guys. Sorry. Yep. No worries. Talk to you tonight. All right. Uh, late because I have uh, my seminar today. Well, I'm going to the uh, Flat Earth Society, to, so uh, <laughs> I'll be out late also. Don't fall off uh, the edge. Yeah, don't fall off the edge. Too late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's over the edge. Well, I, right. I didn't tell you. They, there was a little questionnaire to uh, join the Flat Earth Society. And they said, uh, why do you want to join? And I, my comment was, because I literally have absolutely nothing better to do. And they accepted me. So I can tell this is a group that I will fit into. <laughs> yep. Okay, bye, guys. Bye. Bye.
You have been listening to Stamp Show here today, seeking to advance all levels of the stamp collecting hobby through news, information, and collecting advice. Visit us at stampshowheretoday.com to listen to the show, view images of the items we are talking about, and read the show notes. You can also continue the conversation on Facebook at Stamp Show Here Today and on Twitter at Stamp Show HT. If you have questions or comments about the show or have any topics you would like us to discuss, you can email us at stampshowheretoday at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep collecting. Stamp collecting happens when we dream together.